All right, psychology nerds, and welcome to Psychology and Stuff, the podcast out of Phoenix Studios at the University of Wisconsin, Green Bay. I'm Ryan Martin, one of the hosts of Psychology and Stuff, and I'm here, as always, with my co-host, chair of the UW-Green Bay Psychology Program. It's Dr. Georgina Wilson-Dungess. How's it going, G? It is going terrific today. I am feeling good. The temperature is like uh, above zero, so... I feel like any degree above zero is a great day these days. (laughs) It it has been a rough, rough week or so here in Green Bay weather-wise. I I feel bad for my poor dog who who was used to getting many, many walks every day, now getting approximately zero walks, maybe a half a walk. So, (laughs) So um, yeah. Although... Since you brought it up, I was actually thinking about this. I've got a little bit of a bone to pick with you, uh, weather related, because <laughs> you may remember in our, and there, this is documented, right? It's recorded that in our December episode, you promised me a snowy winter. And I feel like it's let me down a little bit. So I thought we should talk about that. Yeah, well, it wasn't me. It was the Farmer's Almanac, which I feel like <laughs> is is like, really pretty much like the most reliable thing out there. But I think what happened was the rest of the country mm-hmm. stole our snow. It's not like it hasn't been snowy. Yes. It's just that someone else took our snow from us. I I hear that. And I got to tell you how bitter I was because my, so as you know, it was my son's birthday yesterday and we had a Zoom call two nights ago with my entire family who live all over the, the country Every one of them was getting ridiculous amounts of snow, but us. Every single one of them was like the talk of the entire conversation was, I'm, you know, oh, school is canceled tomorrow. Oh, I guess I don't have to go to work. And then me, they they said, how much snow are you getting, Ryan? And the answer was none, no snow. It's just cold. Yeah. You really can't be mad at me for, because it, it actually happened. Yeah, I think, I think what, I'm why I'm mad and I'm not really mad at you. I'm just taking it out on you is because, because you got my hopes up because I was like, okay, Georgina says that I I do whatever Georgina says. So, um, here we are, but anyway, really? No, really? <laughs> I'm really glad that we have that recorded as well. So you podcast listeners, you heard it. I yes. heard it. He will do whatever I say. Mwah. <laughs> <laughs> that's a that's a good opportunity for us to change the subject immediately. So, um, <laughs> Kelsey, let's talk to Kelsey. How's it going, Kelsey? Oh, it's great. I I'm not angry about you or at Georgina for snow. So life is good right now. Yes. Thanks, yeah. Kelsey. <laughs> I think I think Kelsey spends more time in the car than I do, so I can understand why she objects to snow. But all I do is sit at home. So you know. We actually got here where I'm from. We got snow. So (laughs) we got like at least two, three inches. So that's something. Yeah. That's just like an hour south of here. That's a bummer. Okay. Well, good. Congratulations. I'm happy for you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Very good. Anything else going on we should talk about? You're doing awesome work on uh, social for us. Oh, thank you so much. No, but other than that, I'm just in the background hanging out. But hi, guys. (laughs) Hi, world. Cool. Well, you can see Kelsey's work at Psych and Stuff on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. It's really, really great. Tons of fun stuff happening there. And so please check that out. Know that you can get involved in the Psych and Stuff conversation by talking to uh, 
to Kelsey about, um, uh, you can re recommend episodes, you can ask questions, all sorts of things. Uh, recommend positive notes even. So let's get to our guests. What do you think, G? I'm so excited. Let's <laughs> I am talk. too. I am too. So she is the study abroad program manager and national student exchange coordinator for UW Green Bay. She's been part of the UWGB community since 2002, first as an undergrad, then working in the Office of International Education in different capacities since 2011. She completed her graduate degree in intercultural communication through the University of the Pacific. It's Gemma Lund. How are you, Gemma? Great, how are you guys doing? We're doing really well, and I'm so glad you are here. This is gonna be really fun, because we've, I feel like we've gotten a chance to talk about this stuff off and on, but never like really sat down and done this. Yeah, definitely. It's gonna be cool. Absolutely. So I, I, I've been thinking a lot about travel. Um, and I've actually had the pleasure of working with Gemma many times in coordinating study abroad and um, and then a study abroad course that actually the pandemic made not happen last May, which is very sad. Um, but uh, I'm excited to talk about travel again. And so I actually have my, my first question is about that, like I am finding that I'm balancing mm -hmm. opposing emotions about traveling, um, specifically traveling abroad. Like I'm super excited and I cannot wait like I'm itching to get out there, um, but I'm also a little bit nervous. Um, what, are you, what are you seeing and feeling uh, about that balance between excitement and nervousness about traveling? You know, I kind of go back and forth. I kind of feel the same way. I'm kind of caught in between these two sides of the story of, you know, just pack a bag, get out of here, get out of town. I can't wait to get to the airport. Um, and then balancing that with, you know, it's not the smartest choice to make at this point. You need to, you know, think about that, you know, safety of yourself, safety of others, but also places in the world are at different spots as well. So kind of keeping that in mind of the world is reopening. It's a positive sign. There is light at the end of the tunnel now, I think. Um, it's just, it's going to be kind of a slow, steady pace to get there rather than a sprint. So it's something I have to keep in mind as I get excited. I need to make you know my goals within reach, I guess, if that makes sense. Absolutely. Do you find yourself like I do spending a lot of time looking online at places I've never been to and dreaming uh, a, a trip to those places when this is all over? You know, I've tried to avoid that a little bit um, <laughs> just because, you know, it's, you know, I don't know where my first, you know, trip is going to be, you know, I'm excited for something, but I, you know, I find that I've been more nostalgic than anything else of, oh, remember this time in this place or something pops up on time hop or some other app of, remember a year ago you were, you know, celebrating Mardi Gras with your friend and that was really fun and, you know, things like that. So it's, you know, the nostalgia that pops up of like, oh, I want to do that again. I can't wait to go visit my friend again and do this activity or do that activity. I am reading a book about a flight attendant right now who is traveling the globe. And every mm -hmm. time she goes to another place, I find myself just so very, very jealous. And, but mm -hmm. also actually exactly as Georgina described, also, you know, the book is written and takes place before any of this. So there's this sense for me, it's kind of like watching a show that happened before, like mm -hmm. 
guys all be together in a group like that? I'm not sure I'm comfortable with this. So there's a lot of that. Like, uh, really, mm -hmm. are you going there? So what what are you hearing from students as far as thinking about studying abroad is and anxiety there? Do you get a sense that they're kind of getting ready to do it or? I'm hoping so. Um, you know, I've, I've been back on campus a couple of weeks now, so I've only had the chance to meet with a couple students one-on-one. Um, -on -one. um, but from what I hear, people are really interested, but thinking a little bit farther out. So maybe not this summer, maybe not fall, but thinking next spring, thinking next winter in terms of getting excited for it, but really having, you know, that time to really plan. And, you know, we've learned all learned this past year, the importance of flexibility. So really planning for that flexibility in there um, and figuring that part out. But yeah. But, you know, I think the excitement is there. I think it's, you know, building to a point of we're now at that place of, oh, this is starting to open up. I can start to really make this a reality again. What are some of the rules around travel? You know, it's for me, it's not necessarily been something that's been on my radar. So I haven't really investigated what some of the rules are. What are some of the rules for travel right now? And when you say it's opening up, what are we seeing internationally, nationally and so on? Yeah, I'm just starting to dig into that as we start to work to reopen our programs. Um, at a very high level, you're seeing different restrictions of entry into countries, so quarantines or required testing. I'm sure we'll see protocols for vaccinations coming out soon as those roll out a little bit more. Um, I'm seeing some of that in the U.S. as well. California, I just saw, has a quarantine restriction for out-of-state travelers. Um, you know, so you're going to see different places. Airlines all have protocol in place at this point. Airports have protocol in place um, in terms of face masks, social distancing, things like that. So you're going to be seeing that in varying levels depending on, you know, what the caseload is um, in that current country. And that's going to just keep changing. So again, flexibility. Mm -hmm. Definitely. I think that that's not even like something new when I, when I think about like also like the excitement and the nervousness mm -hmm. of, of students traveling. I mean, maybe it's a, a little bit exacerbated because of the pandemic, mm -hmm. but in my experience, that's kind of been true all along. Has that been your experience? I think so. And I think, you know, COVID has heightened that a little bit. I was actually looking up some articles before we started talking and then on psychology today, they mentioned cognitive flexibility in terms of trying to stay on your toes. And this has just really brought that just to be more important. You know, it was always there to really, you know, check things before you go, look at this, you know, what you had just mentioned. Um, but really now it's just having that of more of a height, you know, you may have to plan a little bit more. You may have to have a plan B or a plan C, something like that. Yeah. And that's something that, um, that I think is one of the greatest benefits of traveling or studying abroad or just traveling in general is learning how to just adapt mm -hmm. in yeah. situations that you cannot foresee. And, and that's the nervousness mm -hmm. part of it. Um, but what I hear you saying is that there's some parts that are under your control um, that you can plan for. And then there's some that are, do you think that that's true of all travel? I think in a sense, and you know, when I say things under your control, it's you have control over your reaction to it as well. You know, it's a control over the uncontrollable of, you know, if you get lost somewhere, you know, what is your reaction to that? Do you panic? Do you you know, what do you do? Or do you do what I recommend to students and go into a store, go into a shop, regroup yourself, 
ask for directions and then go back out and go to where you're supposed to go. You know, it's having kind of learning that. And I think coming out the other side of it, after you've traveled or as you continue to do, you build that confidence. You know, you see, you know, you can, oh, I, now I know my way around Venice. You know, I can get there easily. I know how to take a bus if you've never taken a bus before. I can order food in a restaurant. You know, it builds those little kernels of confidence kind of roll together and you come back, um, you know, with that really, those skills really in place. I think that all the time about that being one of the benefits of, uh, of that. And, and so much of it is just that that's the psychologically, the benefit of getting outside of your comfort zone is that mm-hmm. you start to realize I, I can do these things, hopefully, right? Mm-hmm. If, if you're even moderately successful, yeah. you can say, <laughs> I, I can do these things. I'm now able exactly. to, to, to tackle some of these things. What, and I guess this sort of leads to, oh, gee, you've got a question, go for it. Well, I was just going to ask, like, um, when you think about some of the benefits, like that's definitely one of the benefits is mm-hmm. confidence to be independent and to um, take care of yourself and get yourself ar- around. Um, but I think there's also like some cultural benefits, um, growing your cultural uh, competence or your confidence uh, interacting with people uh, who have grown up in a, in a different mm-hmm. culture, different part of the world. Um, can you talk a little bit about some of the cultural benefits of studying abroad or, and traveling? Yeah, it's, you know, in kind of that, that realm, that intercultural realm, you're looking, you know, one you know, thing I always like to point out is you can look from the outside into your own culture. So you're looking at the U.S. or wherever you've grown up, you know, from the outside in, you're looking at it from another perspective. And that can be really interesting, um, you know, looking at a piece of news, kind of what's covered outside the U.S., what is the focus of that story from a different perspective. Um, so that's always really interesting and see what people talk about, um, you know, in conversations, you know, some places I've gone, people are really heavy into politics and they just go, they dive in and I choose to step away because that's not my area and not where I really want to dive into sometimes. Um, you know, but also you can really observe a lot too. You know, one of my favorite things to do when I'm traveling is just to people watch, you know, you're watching, you know, how do people interact with each other? You know, how do couples walk down the street? Do they hold hands? Do they not, you know, um, what, what kids are the same all over the world, but what, you know, what are they you know, like to do, or what do you see, um, on TV and commercials and things like that? Um, so you can really get a sense of, you know, kind of service level of culture by just observing. And then the longer you're there, the more conversations you're able to have, the deeper that can go in terms of understanding. Um, Absolutely. I, I was really struck by that. The first part when you were talking about politics, um, in my travels to South Africa, I was shocked at how much more the South Africans knew about American politics than our own American students knew. Mm -hmm. Uh, Amazing uh, to watch them. And they had so many questions for us uh, about the politics and what's going on in our country. And I thought, wow, Uh, it it really brought to the forefront of my mind that sort of looking into our country from the outside and how different it looks when you're not in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And I think, you know, yeah, part of that is you're discovering your own culture as well, kind of where, you know, your personal values came from. Maybe that, you know, is brought more to the forefront if you're traveling to a heritage location, for example. 
Um, you can kind of see, oh, here's where my family came from, or here's where my heritage is from. And we're seeing, oh, this is what we do in my family. This is maybe, you know, you can see this at a national level here. Um, and that's kind of interesting too. That's one of the fun things about studying abroad and staying with a family or staying with um, that people who are living there in their home. That's a whole different kind of experience. Um, have you had experiences like that kind of study abroad? Personally, I really haven't. I didn't have the opportunity to live with a host family when I've been abroad. I've stayed a week um, here and there, but not really a long term. But I really, you know, when I lived abroad, I made the effort to really get to know local people, make local friends. And with that, you really get to know um, the culture that way as well, even if you're not in a true living in a family setting. Yeah, so well, this was not a study abroad when I was when I was in college, but actually just about 10 years ago, my wife and I went to Germany and we went for two weeks. Um, the first week was just the two of us traveling. And then the second week, we actually met up with my mom and a high school trip that was there. And we, nice. we spent a week kind of hanging out with that group. And so we stayed with a host family uh, mm. as, as part of it. And it was, I was really struck by how different and how interesting both of those trips were. In fact, we even, we redid in that second week, some of the same tourist sites we had seen in the first week, but this time with the high school group and everything. And, and it very much was a different experience, especially because we had this, this host family that we were doing it with who could explain things in a different way to us and, and point things out that we wouldn't have known or missed or provide this context. That was, that was really fascinating. Yeah, definitely. It, it feels like too, part of what you're saying is that, so there's the experience, which is really great but then also part of it is that really encouraging students or anyone who travels to to be curious right because so much of what I hear you saying is watch people ask questions mm -hmm. you know engage in the uh engage in the community that way yeah it's that discovery piece of discovering you know you're just discovering yourself you're discovering you know new likes and dislikes you try food and like yeah I like that or you know nope, that's not for me but at least I tried it or you know, it's putting yourself out there a little bit more than you normally would. And from that, you can learn, you know, new things that you like, new places to go, things like that. I learned that I do not like termites. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> and that was a very good lesson to learn. And just in case you're curious, uh, it tastes like vinegar. Hmm. Huh. Termites, and okay. I don't know why. And I didn't really want to explore why it might taste like that. Sometimes it's better just not to ask the questions. Um, but uh, I learned from my travels. I like I like going to places that have public transportation because uh, that's something that we don't really have here in Green Bay. And so I love uh, watching people and and discovering things from people traveling on public transportation, whether it be a train <laughs> or a boat or um, whatever it might be. Um, what are your thoughts about public transport in different places? I love it. You know, I was just thinking of, you know, an example when you were just talking, Georgina, like when I, I lived abroad, I lived in Turkey and really I remember one of the first times I kind of felt like I was a local, like I felt at home that when I mastered how to take the minibus. So they have a bus system in the city where I lived, which I never took because they were way too crowded and I couldn't figure 
out how to see outside the window because it was so crowded. But they also had these little buses called domush, which in Turkish literally means stuffed. But there's bigger <laughs> windows. So they're smaller, like 15 passenger little vans that you get in. But, you know, there's a special and I can't remember it off the top of my head, but there's a special call that you make when you want to get off. It's an honor system of payment. You just pass your money up to the front and people just hand it in front of you. And the driver makes change while he's driving through the streets, you know, but, you know, the first time I was able to, you know, correctly call in advance far enough for me to get off in front of my apartment, you know, I felt like I was successful that day, you know? So, I mean, it's just fun to, you know, I, I love subways. I love buses. It's just kind of fun to be in that experience that we don't have around here. That's one of the, so when we were in Germany, actually, the very first day we, we missed our train and, you know, it, it felt like a crisis because, oh, it's going to be, you know, we had a pretty strict itinerary of when we were going to make it to things and we were pretty upset and then discovered, well, oh, there's another one in about 45 minutes. We're, we're fine. You know, that it was, it ended up being a very minor problem because the, the system is built better than I was expecting. Um, but it's funny you mentioned because some of my that my study abroad trip when I was in, in college, so much of it is, much of what I remember is actually rooted in, in some of those, like in transportation and doing some things that really felt like taking this super, super, super crowded bus and spending nine hours on it with a, with a, um, you know, meeting new people and sitting next to someone with a newborn and meeting him and uh, things like that, that like, those are the memories that actually stand out as well or better than some of the other things that I did on that trip. Mm-hmm. like staying in a hostel like right. uh, traveling and staying in a hostel was something that like suburban me never would have like had the experience but uh wow what fun is that like mm-hmm. people actually like from all over the world can sit around and like have a beer or whatever your drink coffee or or whatever and you can talk to people from anywhere, from everywhere, and everyone has a story. And that is one of the greatest benefits of travel is you get to hear other people's stories and, and make them part of your own story too. And I think that that's so fun. Do you have like a favorite um, story that you could tell us of one of your uh travels oh boy um there's a lot (laughs) um let's just see the first one that pops to my head um yeah I'll go back to Turkey since that was just fresh in my mind so I um I lived there in 2010 but I went back to visit um four or five years ago and I went alone I usually travel alone um so I went there and I stayed in Istanbul um overnight before I went to the city where my friend lived um and really you know it's just a city that I just love it so much. I walked around, you know, I found some music, you sit down, you have, you know, there they drink a lot of tea. So I had some tea, I had something to eat, just listen to this music for a couple hours outside in this little garden area. You just are really nice of like, you know, you just kind of feel like that relaxing, like, ha, ah, this is great. This is what I was looking for after a hard day or two of traveling and you get settled in and you're just in the moment. So, wow. So as we start to kind of come out of this, which I know we're starting to do a little bit right now, but as we start to come out of this, what are some of the things you're sort of most looking forward to? Um, 
Yeah, I think I think just travel in general, I think being able to go somewhere, maybe somewhere new, maybe somewhere I've been before. Um, I think, you know, I think um, just in general, the opening up of the area too. you know, going out with friends, you know, going out to dinner or going to a concert or something like that. It's, you know, because even the little mini trips um, have been really hard or impossible to do a weekend here, a weekend there. So I think just even having those doors open even a little bit wider, um, I'm just looking forward to that. What do you think are some of the challenges and opportunities for the Office of International Education at our institution, but mm-hmm. also like uh, across the country? I'm sure that lots of universities are reopening their international ed offices. So. What are some of the the challenges, but also the opportunities there? Yeah, I think the challenge, you know, is something that we've all been facing the last year of just the unknown, not really knowing, not being able to plan. Um, With study abroad, we have to plan so far ahead of time, especially with faculty courses. Those are almost a year in the making. Um, So thinking about what can we plan at this point, what has to be decided later, um, because we can't predict the future four, five, six, ten months ahead of time. We just have to make our best guess at this point. Um, so that's a challenge. But the opportunity there is really there's opportunity for change, opportunity to do things differently than what we've done before. You know, we've been able to incorporate virtual internships into our program repertoire. We've been able to really focus on our domestic programming where we haven't put much emphasis on that before. Um, so I think there's opportunities to do things a little bit differently. Um, I think back in March and April, we were all kind of thrown into this online world of what the heck are we supposed to do? What is Teams? You know, how do we do this? Um, you know, but I think now, you know, a year later that we're all kind of savvy in all this. And there's really, that brings into more opportunities to really outreach to students, um, events, you know, being accessible, things like that. I think it also makes communication Uh, so much easier. Like if you do decide to go abroad, the world just seems smaller Mm -hmm. to me now. And I know that you could have done that before, but I wasn't super savvy about Zoom or, or WhatsApp or, you know, like whatever you're using. And now it's like my everyday life. And so it seems less far away. Mm-hmm. Do you agree with that? I think so. I think, you know, on one hand, I am, I'm very tired of online meetings. <laughs> um, but, on, you know, on the other hand, it, it, you know, some friends I've stayed connected with on, you know, virtually for years, but this has just, you know, made it that much more of like, hey, we're all kind of, you know, doing this online. So it's not as, you know, as strange for me to give you a call um, over Zoom than it is to give my friends down the street a call too, so. Right. Yeah, I was thinking about, that's interesting you said it, Georgina. My, my first night away when I did my, like when I went to um, overseas in college, I was so homesick and I, I felt like I'd made a terrible mistake, you know, and I, I recover very, very quickly, but I was feeling like I'd made a terrible mistake and I can't tell you what it would have meant if I could have just Zoomed with or FaceTimed with my mom for two minutes, you know, or something like mm-hmm. that. Like what a difference that would have made uh, in things. Um, Instead, I called her and it only cost like $100 for, uh, for, <laughs> for approximately 90 second conversation. Um, but, you know, that that but that really does. I mean, I think you're right. And, and I know that those things existed before the pandemic, but now they are part of our skill set in a way that they I mean, I mentioned the before the Zoom call we had for my son's birthday. We've never 
done that before we could have and you know it would have been great because it's not like my family was getting together for his birthday every year they live across the country but we so it's it's now part of our part of our skill set in a different way and we can we can use that so absolutely i could have used that i was a nanny in france and they left the parents left me with the three kids and i was supposed to take the seven-year-old to his tennis lesson by car um and it was a stick shift and I didn't know how to drive a stick shift. And this was like before YouTube was a, a thing. And so I had to like pay $150 to call my dad on the phone, like, and have him explain how to drive a stick shift car and then go out there. And like, it was not smooth, but we made it to the tennis lesson. And then everyone was just laughing at me. And I was like, Hey, I made it here. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> That's hardcore. No, I'm going to go on record as saying learning to learning to drive a stick shift over the phone is maybe the most impressive thing I've ever heard in my life. And so, and I say that as someone, I learned to tie a tie <laughs> over the phone, which I thought was a big deal at the time. I did tie myself to the phone cord, but still, uh, <laughs> I thought it was a major accomplishment. So, but this is way more impressive. Nicely done. Mm -hmm. Thanks. Hubert would probably not agree because he probably had like whiplash by the time he got to his tennis lesson. He's can't play today. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) And and you may have ruined a car in the process, but still you you got there. So yeah, Yeah. (laughs) that's all that counts. Um, so I wonder, um, like what's, what's next? Like, what would you want to tell students about what's coming next? What should they be thinking about? Should they be thinking about like national student exchange? Should they be thinking like you mentioned, like farther out or should they just go for it? Um, what do you, what do you think you would like to tell students? I really think anything and above, I mean, there's, you know, if there's that urgency, that need to really you know, get out of the the Green Bay area really to kind of go sooner than later. You know, we do have the National Student Exchange. You can go somewhere else in the United States um, for, you know, a semester academic year. Um, We have those virtual internship options, which, you know, it's really connecting with companies abroad that gives you that really interesting international experience, but you're also doing it from home as well. And then really just to get excited about the opportunities coming up in the next, you know, we're hoping to reopen programs for fall semester for study abroad and beyond. So really looking forward to really what's next and what's coming up and keeping an eye out and just getting excited and um, going from there. Absolutely. So get your passport just in case. Like. <laughs> plan, plan far ahead with that. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, or, you know, plan to renew and things like that. Yeah. So where, where will you go first when Mm. it's, when it's, when the doors are open, when they're fully open and you feel safe, where will you like to go? Mm -hmm. You know, I guess there's three, three tracks. I could go visit my friend in Canada who just bought a house and she has, isn't able to leave the country yet, but as soon as the borders are open. Um, so that would be exciting to see her. Um, I am in need of just kind of a lay on the on the beach and sand and, you know, have, you know, um, on a beverage or two kind of vacation. <laughs> um, but then also, you know, I really, you know, I, I, I love Europe. I'd love to go back and 
for me, that's a, you know, it's a familiar place, but there's always new places to see. So find somewhere I haven't been or meet up with a friend or something like that. Georgina, I want to ask you that same question. Oh, I, you know, I was a friendship family for um, two students from Pakistan um, the fall right before the pandemic happened. And so we've been video chatting every other week and um, talking to each other. And that, that's like a big challenging trip for me. Like that's a, that's a stretch for me. Um, but I've been trying to imagine ways to challenge myself um, after this pandemic is over. I want to do some hard things, you know, and do some things that are scary that are out there instead of just being in here and being scared. I want to be out there and be scared. And so I think I might try and go to Pakistan. Oh. Which is, wow. That, that's, or, you know, I, I think Paris sounds great too. <laughs> that is great. What about you, Ryan? You know, I'm going to cheat and give two answers um, because one of them is my, you know, my kids are actually at a really good age to travel right now. And I think especially some of the, the, maybe not as difficult of trips as, as a trip to Pakistan, but, um, you know, I think to go to some harder places that, um, so I, they, I've really been wanting to take them to Europe. Um, I've, there's been places I've not been, I've actually only been to Germany and, and France uh, in Europe. So I, I'd love to go to England. I'd like to see some other places as well. My kids are really, one of my kids is really interested in World War II. He's been studying it lately. So I think that would be interesting. Um, so that's one of my answers. The, the true answer, though, the thing that I probably will actually do first is um, we had been planning for a while a trip to Disney World with my mom. Uh, my kids just finished the uh, one of my sons just finished uh, Harry Potter, reading Harry Potter. We want to go to Harry Potter World. And so I suspect um, it was going to be this January a month ago originally. So I suspect maybe next year, January, that is uh, the place the, we're going to we're going to go with my mom. So which we've been before with them. It's really, really fun. And we like to go with her. So, yeah. So that's what I think is going to happen. That's awesome. You can always go to Disneyland and outside of Paris as well um, okay. and check out some of the, the differences uh, between them. It's <laughs> kind of fun. You know, I'm a, a huge Disney fan and it was interesting seeing um, Disney in, in France versus Bet. Disney here. So um, maybe a future trip. You yeah. never know. I always forget that that's there, to be honest with you. I <laughs> I, I admit, um, it was so funny on my one study abroad trip, I was actually, I met a guy on the flight from, he was from Australia and I said, where are you going? And he said, Florida. And I said, oh, wow. I said, what's in Florida? And he looked at me, he's like, Disney World, mate. And I, was, <laughs> and I realized like, oh yeah, that's a thing that like people from all over the world go to that. I just, I think of Florida as something else, I guess, but yeah. So, yeah. Awesome. Very good. Any, uh, Gemma, Gemma, before we finish up here, before we move into our positive note, is there anything else we should have talked about? Anything you want to tell students who might be listening, whether they're GB students or other students? Yeah, I guess for um, GB students, there's a couple quick um, events that we have coming up in the next couple of weeks. We have um, an info session next 
Wednesday the 24th at noon with our virtual internship provider, Connect123. Um, there is a registration for that. If you go to our social media at UWGV underscore OIE, you'll find the post so you can sign up. Um, and that's a webinar um, just to kind of give information about the program. Um, the likely the following week, we'll be doing an Instagram Q&A on the UWGV Instagram site. Um, stay posted on our social media for that date and time once we confirm it. Um, and then I'll likely do one other info session um, before spring break as well. Um, maybe live on our Facebook site or something, um, just to answer questions about the National Student Exchange and about our virtual internships. Um, and then moving later this semester, we'll have more info on study abroad. Yeah, social media is a great way um, to find out what's going on in the Office of International Ed. So I would highly recommend that you, you get, the, get on that. <laughs> yeah, you said it's UWGB underscore OIE, is that right? Yes. All right, and then Kelsey will share that uh, via all of our platforms too. So as well as just your website, that'd be a good thing. Yep, let's say we're on Facebook as well. Perfect. So, and if anybody wants to, to hear more from Gemma or talk more with Gemma, then you, they can find you on um, uh, just the, the OIE website too. Yep, OIE website. Yep, that's the easiest. Awesome. We should, should we do our positive note, Georgina? Who's going first? Do you want to go first? Uh, no, you go first this time. I think okay. I went first last time. So okay, wow, the fact that you remember that is impressive. I do not, but uh, okay. So what is our positive note? Our positive yeah. note today, like in going with the theme of a study abroad, we are asking ourselves, um, in what ways has um, study abroad been transformational for us? So that's yes. our question. Yes, and for me, it was quite, so I guess technically I should say this wasn't a study abroad trip because I, I didn't do it through a university. I think it was called at the time something like a volunteer vacation or something like that. And uh, I, so as Georgina knows, and I don't know if Kelsey and Gemma know this, but I was once a very, very, very bad college student. Um, so I had a terrible, terrible first year of college, um, the kind that you just don't even really want to to think about too much and I needed to regroup a little bit. So, um, and which is a polite way of saying I was asked by the university to regroup a little bit <laughs> without coming back. Um, so I took a semester off and I worked uh, at an apple orchard. Um, and then I decided to go to East. <laughs> wow, Georgina is pantomiming apple picking. I wish it were that easy, Georgina. Um, so, so I, uh, I took a trip to Tanzania, uh, mainly because I had actually had a friend, an older friend who had been there and had actually a very similar experience. And he went on a very similar trip. And, um, and I traveled around Tanzania, which is in East Africa, um, for about two months um, and did all sorts of things that I didn't think I was capable of doing. And I remember it was actually there that I uh, decided that I wanted to be a psychology major, that I was sort of passionate about and interested in human beings and how and why they do things and um, decided that I wanted to, uh, to go back to college and study psychology. And so I was there for two months, I came back I enrolled as a special student at the University of St. Thomas, um, which meant that I, they kept me on a really short leash so that if I 
kept screwing up, they would not let me keep coming back. And then I did okay enough that they let me back into college. So, um, and then, yeah. So that was my transformative study abroad trip. It was incredible. I met amazing people. I saw amazing things. I did things that I didn't think I could do. There you have it. That's my awesome. Yeah. That is just such a, a great story and a, a great way to think about regrouping. Like just sort of go and mm -hmm find yourself kind of, <laughs> lose yourself to find yourself kind of uh, notion. You know, I was going to say too, on the way to the airport, just to, to a point Gemma made earlier about anxiety, on the way to the airport, on my way there, I literally at, looked at my mom and I said, mom, what the F am I doing right now? Like, why, <laughs> what? And, and she kind of laughed and said, it's okay. She, she even said like, you know, you can stay longer if you want. Like she must've been trying to get rid of me. But she said, it's like, if you decide when you're there that you want to stay longer, we'll just arrange or whatever. And, um, and then, and that was the night when I got there after a gajillion hours of traveling and I was exhausted that I sort of lost my mind a little bit. I was like, felt like I was lost and scared. I had a hard time getting through customs. It was all sorts of stuff. And I called her in a frantic moment. I literally think we, I talked to her for less than two minutes and I'm not exaggerating when I said it cost me a hundred dollars to do so. Um, and then, and here's my last bit of story because I've gone on too long, but um, I, we got off the phone and I went to sleep and then the next day, everything was better after a good night's sleep. And I met some other people and I did the rest of the trip and everything. And when I got back to that same hotel two months later to fly home, they said, we have a fax waiting for you, which is so like James Bond spy movie. Um, and, I, and so I read it and it was, my mom had sent it that night. And it was like, so I got it two months after she sent it, but she sent me a fax to just let me know, like, you're going to be okay. It's going to be fine or whatever. So, yeah. Wow. And I had $0 to get back to the United States with. So I, I think I must've had more than that because I remember paying in, in, I bought TCBY yogurt in the Detroit airport with like pennies. Like I was like, <laughs> it was the only thing I could afford. All right. Wow. That is a, just an awesome story. Now I don't know that I can uh, I can live up uh, to that story. But um, as I mentioned previously, I have taken um, groups of students from UW Green Bay to South Africa for three years uh, with my colleague Eileen Cupid, who has um, done that seven years before I joined her. So she has been doing that quite a bit. Um, and one of the most transformative parts of that trip um, was the relationships uh, that we built with the, um, the men who were driving us in these buses. Uh, like we would go in these minivans, bacas as they call them, <laughs> yeah, like a, a small minivan or whatever that word was in Turkey for stuff like one of those uh, kind of kind of buses. Um, so one of the, the drivers, I sat next to him up front every day for three weeks and we talked a, a lot about uh, different stories, but um, one, of the, one of the days we went to a hospital and uh, you know, uh, South Africa has a very large difference between the wealthy and the poor and they go to different hospitals. And so um, the, our bus driver went to one of the poor hospitals, um, the 
not so great ones. And so we went and visited this hospital and on the way back, he told me my grandson was born at that hospital. Um, and when he was born, the umbilical cord was wrapped around his neck. Um, and we thought he was going to die because he was born in the hall uh, because there were so many people waiting in lines like, like a mile long to get into this hospital um, because that was all that they could handle. And this baby was born in the hall with the umbilical cord. Um, he went on to tell me, um, you know, that uh, a religious story, like he felt like he, he prayed and um, he felt like God answered his prayers and um, that they were able to rush the baby in and get some care. And um, later that trip, like the day before we left, I got to meet his grandson. Oh, wow. And, um, so that was a pretty amazing story. Um, and I was bawling in this, in this van, like crammed in there with all these, I'm just like bawling about the story, but it, it stuck with me that, um, you know, just there, there's so many things going on in this world. Um, but sometimes there are miracles and miracles are amazing things. <laughs> and so I was happy that I got to hear about and witness that kind of miracle. So that was kind of transformative for me. Yeah, I bet. And I, I mean, and if, in keeping too with the points Gemma was making before about the importance of meeting new people and having conversations and, you know, talking to people about their life experiences being the benefit or one of the many benefits of travel. Very cool. Absolutely. Absolutely. Right. What else should we talk about before we finish up? Anything? I don't know. I think right. we're good. I All think right. Gemma, I can't tell you how happy I am that we got to talk to you about this stuff today. Uh, this was really great. Thanks for having me. This was very fun. I like to hey. talk about travel anytime. Well, yep. I was going to, you know, I, I forgot to mention this before, but, you know, the other times we've gotten to talk about this is when you come into my, you used to come into my first year seminar and introduce yourself to students and stuff. And so yeah. this, this is the most thorough conversation we've gotten to have about this, which has been really fun. So. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Cool. It's just, it's filling me with hope um, yes. for, the, for the future. And um, there's nothing that I think I love more than planning a trip. Like mm -hmm. planning a trip is like half of the fun, you know, like thinking about, oh, where will I go? And then what will, what will I see? And what will I eat? That's mm -hmm. like half of the planning. What will I eat when I get there? <laughs> there's truth in that. Yes. Yes. Awesome. Well, this has been so fun. So thank you very much. Um, and I am can't wait to see the travel stories on uh, social media when our students start um, getting out there and seeing the world. Definitely. Cool. All right. So another quick reminder and a quick thank you to our intern, Kelsey. Again, you can see her work firsthand by following Psych and Stuff on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. That is a good place to go ask questions, request topics for episodes, contribute to a new segment, the, the positive note. I guess it's not a new segment anymore, but our segment, a positive note. Um, my Twitter handle is at anger professor. And Georgina, you are? At 
Georgina WD. So G-E-O-R-J-E-A-N-N-A-W-D. Very cool. And then of course, um, go check out our pages. We'll, we'll share all the Office of International Ed, Twitter, uh, Instagram, Facebook, all that stuff uh, over the next week or so. So you'll get a chance to uh, see the work Gemma and our colleagues are doing firsthand. Psychology and Stuff is a production of Phoenix Studios at the University of Wisconsin-Green Bay. The executive producer is Ryan Martin and the production manager is Kate Farley. Our audio production coordinator is Bill Salek. Our sound engineer for this episode is Sarah Miller. Our graphic designer is Kimberly Bleas and our intern is Kelsey Engelhart. Special thanks also to our guest today, Gemma Lund. If you haven't already, please make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to us on your favorite podcast platform. You can also head over to our website, uwpv.edu slash podcast, to check out past episodes of this and all our shows. I'm your host, Ryan Martin, and I'm here with my co-host, Georgina Wilson-Dungess. Keep being amazing.